Sophie, I am so pleased to say that the sponsor for our podcast episode is Kato Knives, who make exceptional kitchen knives using the sharpest Japanese steel and hand-carved, sustainably sourced wooden handles. Every knife is made by hand, tested by hand, and wrapped by hand. Mm. You can even have your initials engraved into the handles. How nice is that? Yeah, it's pretty nice. So whether you're wanting to upgrade your own kitchen knives or you're searching for a brilliant gift for a foodie friend, then do check out Kato. And that's not all. The lovely listeners of this podcast can currently claim 15% off their first order. Just enter the promo code HAVING15. So to claim, you can visit kato.shop. That's kato, K-A-T-T-O dot shop. And enter the promo code HAVING15. Thank you, Kato Knives, for sponsoring this podcast. Hello and welcome to I'll Have What She's Having, a food and drink podcast from me, Sophie Wybird. And me, Hannah Crosby. Every week, Sophie and I sit down to dinner. She makes a dish, I pair a wine, and we put the world to rights. This week, we pair port riettes and pickles with a Beaujolais from Clos de Royette. And we'll be discussing problematic delivery drivers, surprisingly sexy men, and the decline of Doja Cat. I guess we start with a little... can't believe we're on episode two already. Yeah, welcome back, everybody. Uh, it's a lot less hot than last time. Thankfully. We've actually got the window closed. We're wearing trousers today. We're both wearing trousers. <laughs> Sick. And, uh, yeah, we are back. How has your week been, So It's been good, apart from my journey. It was fucking hellish. Yeah. Oh, yeah, shout out to all of the TFL people that are very uh, rightly striking at the moment. I support... I support the workers' rights to strike. I absolutely do. But that doesn't mean that my journey today wasn't a bitch. I, I suppose that that is the point, right? Yeah. But I also support my right to complain about the strikes. Absolutely. I'm allowed to do both. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a complicated woman. Yeah, I've spent... I decided to not go in today because I thought that I wouldn't be able to hack it. It's a faff. I, I was on the last overground out of South London today. Um, I know. And it was so busy i had to walk 20 minutes to a different station oh. to get on it and then my least favorite thing yeah. on public transport sorry listener i'm fucking whining for the first segment <laughs> and then i'll get friendly again <laughs> this guy gets on the train you know those guys who think they're rappers <gasps> and in a completely packed train carriage people no. standing pressed up against each other no. he starts properly going for it with the rapping no no. Read the room, dude. <laughs> read the room. Again, I support your right to be creative and test some stuff out, but read the room. Oh my gosh. Rail strikes, kind of muggy, really full train. People didn't want to hear that today. No one needs any BTEC rap. I remember when I was living in Derby, I was on a bus and to get to work, I had to take an hour bus. Uh, and this guy came on and he started rapping and he just put on a back backing track <laughs> and he started freestyling, you know, just to... I suppose it, it, I suppose it's the equivalent of like the upper middle class Londoner reading a book on the train. <laughs> you kind of got to expand your creativity somehow. Um, and yeah, he just started freestyle rapping. He, I remember, I don't remember any of the rap content, but I do rem- remember that he rhymed porn star with porn star. Advanced. Which is actually really weird that because <laughs> when Sophie came in, listeners, the first thing that she talked about was this. And actually one of the topics that we have to talk about that I that actually made me cry with laughter this week, and I haven't cried with laughter. Bearing in mind, I no one else was in the house; it was just me. Usually, <laughs> you know, when you watch a TV show and it's funny, mm. but you don't laugh out loud. You just kind of go, 
Yeah. You do a little. You might say, lol, so your friends in a text about how funny it is. Yeah, but you don't. I was crying with laughter <laughs> on my own. And this on, Instagram account, my friends, is BTEC Grime. I don't know if you're familiar with BTEC Grime. I, please tell me. Tell, tell you who me. is familiar. Our mutual pal, Jordan Ezra King, who has some oh, great comments on. So it's basically, I will play one of these down the microphone and I will show it to you. It's basically videos that people have managed to find online and just goofing on them, you know, just like a little bit of playful ribbing. But then the real beauty is in the comments. Uh, so <laughs> look it up. B-Tech Grime. There was a guy with like really big ears and Jordan said, man looks like the FA Cup. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to try and play this into the microphone. But I'm also going to turn it around so that I can show Sophie. Uh, This is one that I'm really enjoying. There's also a music video to accompany it, as there always is, but... um... I think that's all I've got time for. Uh, listen, you didn't see, but my jaw actually hit the floor. <laughs> and then I had a bit of a dance. Yeah. But I don't, he doesn't have much rhythm, does he? No, but that's what's so good about them. And it's always, it's all, I don't think, I think it's all white guys. Like all of the videos <laughs> that I saw. Do they call themselves BTEC Grime? No, BTEC Grime calls them BTEC Grime, which is a little bit harsh. But um, <laughs> there's also, I will probably put this up on the Instagram so that yes, people please can see. Do. I'll put up that video. There's also a really good video that I'd really recommend um, where there's like, this 50-year-old guy, which is really sweet, doing like a like calling for someone um, in a diss track. It is really, really good. So I would highly recommend searching at BTEC Grime. Are either of those jokes or are they serious? No, they're serious. That's oh. makes them so funny, Sophie. Oh, bless them. I know, bless them. They're That's going not out the response a- they want, is it? Bless. They're going out on a limb and people are just goofing on. I'm just you know, having a bit Damn. of fun. Uh, how is the wine that you are drinking? Um, I had my first sip of this wine and it's absolutely delicious. Can you tell me about it, Does please? it pair well with BTEC Grime? It pairs well with BTEC Grime and something that we haven't bitten into yet, but we yes. will. So I'll talk about the wine a little bit first. So we today are drinking a Beaujolais from Fleury. It's the 2020 vintage from Claude Royette. So Sophie's just like, oh. oh. I, I love Beaujolais. She's shaking her head like it's, it's mouthwash to kind uh, of get it all over her palate. It's, I think, Gamay, specifically Beaujolais, mm. my favourite kind of reds where they're super light and juicy. Yeah, we've also had this in the fridge for a wee bit. Um, so the wine that we are drinking is um, one of the imports from my lovely, lovely friends at Emile Wines. I always talk mm. about them. I am... Can I just state something? I am not paid by Meal Wines any time to talk about their wines. I just really, really fucking love them. Um, Claude de Royette, uh, so they are right on the border between um, two of the Beaujolais crews. Fleury, which is where they are now, and Moulin Avant, which oh, back nice. in the day was kind of associated with, you know, like more age-worthy, more serious Beaujolais, if you like. The border's changed, and this, um, and Claude de Royette, which it wasn't at the time, it became part of Fleury. And which back in the day was associated with like lesser quality Beaujolais. And the guy was like, fuck this. I cannot be asked. I am just so pissed off. I am feeling so petty. I don't care about wine anymore. I don't care about this. And so he changed 
the name of the winery, and the logo on the bottle to his favourite racehorse, who was a Which is really cute. It's a really cute label. I'm sure you will see it online. It's and beautiful. it is super, I think it's only £18 for a bottle. It's a really classy looking bottle. And £18 is not a bad price for a delicious wine like this. No, 100%. And um, so I sent over to Sophie like the flavour profile that we wanted, like something that goes ra- well with a really good chilled red, Chilled red is like such a great charcuterie food, especially if it's like one of the French varieties. So Sophie pulled together something absolutely amazing, which is sitting in a delicious little pile in front of us. I'm so excited I'm so to dig in, but it's going to be really noisy. <laughs> We're going to have to move away from the microphones. I've made one of my favourite foods of all time, probably. As soon as you said we want some kind of cold meat situation, I knew that this is what I had to make. Mm. I've made some pork riette, <gasps> which if you don't know what riette is, listener... Go and get some because it's the best thing ever. I made some today and it's actually super easy. I basically just braised some pork belly with loads of aromatics in the oven and then you pull it all apart so it's basically a th- like a coarse pate texture mm-hmm. and you mix in a little bit of that fat that's rendered down in the pan just to make it super soft. And I've just served that on some crusty toast with some pickled carrots and cucumber. Oh, I've done it at home. Looks so good. I have to say... Fun fact about me, carrots make me fart a lot. <gasps> oh my God, so we're so in for thin. a bumpy ride. We're in for a bumpy, <laughs> we're in for a bumpy recording. No, I'm just, yeah. I didn't know that, uh, I, I actually didn't know that carrots like gave me wind for the longest time. I just used to eat carrots, like they were going out of fashion. <laughs> and I used to be a really, really farty child. Um, in fact, my boyfriend in year four dated me for a day and then dumped me because I farted too much. No! I remember we were tracing hieroglyphics in, when we were studying about Egypt and he came up to me and said, Hannah, I can't do this anymore. Like, you're really embarrassing me. And I said, were yeah. you Were you farting audibly in lessons? <laughs> yes. <laughs> See, I was even heartbroken. I was like, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, to be fair. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not willing to stop. So that's that. Oh, it looks so good. I'm going to chomp down. Go on, get in. I'm very into chilled reds at the moment. I feel like it's one of the main wines that we're mm. drinking at home at the moment. Also, well, not that chilled red, red is a wine. I'm spreading but... it out really attractively with my finger right now. Oh, yeah, smush it right in. Yeah, smush so it right in. Mm. Yeah, I'm just going to grab mm. my plate and chow down from here. I feel like there's, I think last week it was a little bit more, ironically, we talk about pasta and spaghetti and kind of long pastas not being a very good date food, but it's also a very silent food if you want oh, it yeah, to Oh yeah, it's easy to eat from your lap. I feel like Ria is not a silent food. Oh no, it's going to be crunchy. I also love the fact that you very sweetly put cutlery in front of me and I'm like, I'm not <laughs> I used mine <laughs> only to that. smush it down. Mm, I used otherwise. my finger. <laughs> <laughs> oh... Mm. Mm, 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 mm. It's perfect. I feel like I'm in France. Oh, that's nice. Mm. Mm. A bit of coriander on top. Yeah, so this is... I've actually gone quite non-traditional on this because I was testing a recipe for mob. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of France by way of Vietnam, but I guess they did colonise there, so mm. why the hell not? I've actually added some lemongrass and chilli <gasps> and garlic oh. to the pork riette. And some soy and some fish sauce. It's kind of like an open banh mi. Pretty much, yeah. Mm. It's basically like a schmorabrod banh mi, 
baguette. I, I don't know what it is. It's oh. confused, but it tastes nice. It's amazing. I'm so pleased with this. Thank you so much. You are very welcome. God, I'm glad you're a Riet fan as well. Mm. Have I ever told you about the time that I had an actual falling out with one of my best friends on holiday? About Riet. Over Riet. Have I told you about this? No, you haven't told me about this. I feel like you're gonna. <laughs> we've, we've moved past it now. It's all it's all sorted out. But this was, we went on holiday to France on a girl's holiday and mm-hmm. uh, Riet is my favourite food ever and I bought loads to have in the fridge and I'd saved the last chunk for the last night of our holiday. And I'd been doing kind of like the food shops and the prep and deciding what was going where. And I was like, right, we'll have that that evening. And I come in from the pool and my friend has sat with half a baguette at the table. Mm-hmm. I go, oh, we've had a nibble. She goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got some Riet. Yeah. And then I went to go and find the Riet in the fridge and couldn't find it. And I said, oh, where have you put it? And she said, oh, it's in there. So I kept looking. And then my other friend said, there's no point lying. Tell the truth. <gasps> and she'd eaten all of it. <gasps> like 300 grams of Riet. Oh, my God. I thought the beef was going to be that she didn't like Riet and that's why he fell out, which was no, also a very I mean, fair. that would also be sad. But I'm, that, I'm so petty that I learned she'd eaten all the Riet and I flipped. Oh, <laughs> That's a good story. I flipped. I've never fallen out with someone, although I think this is going to be like a continuing theme of the psychological things that like growing up in a certain sibling order will leave you. <laughs> because I am the eldest of three, uh, I is kind of being pointed out to me by various partners over the years that I'm so obsessed with getting my fair share. Mm. So if there are five truffles, I will eat two, the other person will eat two, and then I'll be like, okay, we're cutting that one in half, right? I won't be like, <laughs> you have it. Oh, no, obviously. Or like yeah. if they go for it without asking me, I will be like, oh, oh, excuse me. So it's I'm, the rudest thing in the world. As true Brits, you've got yeah. to cut things into the most inconveniently small pieces mm. so that everyone gets... In my family, people regularly cut a slice of pizza into like five pieces. Just so no one feels put out. Yeah, it's so true. I but completely hear that. Sharing is a caring. irrational obsession. But once, who was it? I think her friend's mum once said when I was there, the person who cuts the cake is the last person who gets to choose their slice. Yeah, Cam operates on this rule as really? well. Really? My boyfriend operates the rule that someone divides it and then the other person chooses which bit they have first. Mm, it's a good sentiment. Which it's, is very good. Yeah, it's a good sentiment to live by. I also want to talk about something that I did have down to talk about, which is probably the most exciting thing that's ever happened to me, listeners, uh, that I meant to talk about in episode one, but I'm going to talk about now. I witnessed a crime the other day. Oh, And it, was, yes. it wasn't just like a kind of like, oh God, that was like a bit harrowing to observe, or it wasn't kind of like a call the police situation. The police were very much there. So me and a few friends were walking down the way to Peckham. We're going to Jumbi. Uh, which I don't know if you have been to before, but it's really, I've not really been fucking yet, good. I've it's heard so great things. So walking down to Jumbi from Old Ford Road along the main street and this delivery driver, like full garms, like a delivery box on his back, like the bright blue um, fluorescent vest, is uh, driving by on a motorbike. This undercover police car comes behind him. The lights flare on, they go whoop. The motorcyclist drops the floor. Clearly wasn't actually a delivery driver and he was delivering something else. Mm. Drops the bike to the floor. Uh, The police person tries to go in front of the car. The guy runs off. He gets out of the car and this guy just like paces it down the road. Then the other policeman kind of gets in the car and like drives off. And the motorbike's like left in the middle of the road with the keys still in the ignition. These two utes come over 
get on one of them gets on the bike and then just drives off like completely disconnected Where did they, come from? they just kind of like they just saw opportunity they were in one of the houses nearby oh my god they just went in i was like, like that's a nice bike someone i was with was like it is like gta in real life oh my god it was like what it was like observing gta in real life did you ever play gta no i wasn't allowed to <laughs> My dad used to play GTA a lot when I was a kid. No. My dad used to play Vice City on our PlayStation 2. Oh, and legend. we were obsessed with it. When I was like nine, <gasps> ten. That's so irresponsible. That's going, so wild you've killed Killing people, stealing people's guns, stealing their money, going to the car shop, getting the paint job done so that the police wouldn't find you. Wow, that's so wild that you've grown up as a fully adjusted human being. <laughs> because <laughs> the reason I wasn't allowed to do that thing is my mum said, well, no, you'll grow up hating sex workers and wanting to kill people which I'm, to be fair if it's your firstborn you're like no no yeah. way am I letting them play that game <laughs> um no I have developed no such hatred or desire to murder people uh it was just a silly game in my head they just do such good walks in GTA you know the uh you know the sex worker walk in GTA yes where they just sway like this yeah it's a good walk to practice I once walked in on someone getting a GTA lap dance which, by the way, can I just say, is the least sensual thing on this sweet earth. What is a GTA lap dance? You go into the strip club and you pay them for a lap. Did your dad not show you that bit? Is that no, when you I went to bed? No, I think maybe that was where he drew the line. I never went to the strip club. So you can go to the strip club, and obviously there are strippers doing their things, and you can go up to a lady, you can ask her for a dance, and she'll do a dance for you. Oh, I didn't get that far. You did that. I don't think I knew very much other than... I basically drove around, changed radio stations, ran people over, stole their money until the place came for me and I died. (laughs) I was never doing any challenges. (laughs) I was just like... On GTA, I've never... Is it like Fortnite where you can choose your character or you you just play one guy? You're always a guy. Maybe it was different in other ones, but in Vice City, you always... I think his name was Tommy and he wore a Hawaiian shirt. Nice. The radio stations were so good on GTA. There's a new one coming out, isn't there? Is there? Mm. I don't have a games console, so mm. I think my days are over. It's have fine. you ever been a gamer? Uh, was I a gamer growing up? Yes. Um, I got a Game Boy Advance. Oh, yeah. The first ever game I got on it was Pokemon Emerald. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I had Crash Bandicoot, I had Spyro. Then I graduated onto the DS Lite about five years after everyone else, so I missed the Nintendogs mm. hype. To be fair, I'm sure everyone around you is thankful for that. Yeah. My family were taunted by me in car journeys trying to train my dog into knowing his name. <laughs> Maxwell! 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 And everyone's like, oh my God, for the love of God, please shut up. Please Could you have picked up. a more annoying name for your dog? I, know, I don't know why I picked Maxwell. Where did I get that from? Mm. Yeah, no, I, um, I wasn't with Nintendogs. Also, when I could get it, I, we could only really afford like... Because back in the day, I remember Nintendo games used to be like 15 pounds. Yeah. But back in the day, that was so expensive. Now they're like 50, 60 quid. Jesus, seriously. Yeah, they're absolutely bananas. I've bought Cam a few Nintendo Switch games. They're more expensive than I think. Me and Kate call it the Twitch to piss him off. (laughs) (laughs) We we pretend that we're grannies and we don't know what he's doing and we call it Twitching. Where is he? He's off Twitching. He's off Twitching. (laughs) I think that even that when. I had the means to get Nintendogs. I still didn't get it because I liked adventure games. So I had Fair enough. Legend of Zelda Spirit Tracks. The yeah. first one with the boat was really good fun. I had Pokemon Diamond. What else did I have? I had like a few kind of like adventure games. They were my jam. Um, Animal Crossing. 
Oh. Obviously. Cam is very into Animal Crossing. Is he? Yeah. The man after my own he heart loves is it. so good. He loves Zelda and he loves Animal Crossing, in fact. I love Animal Crossing. Although, <laughs> it, but you kind of like aren't aware of like the, because you can't, for anyone that hasn't played Animal Crossing, you don't get to pick which villagers come to your village. Oh, so it's... That's sad. But then some of the the villagers will be ugly. So what you do is like you talk to the cute villagers more often than you just don't talk to the ugly ones and then they will eventually pack up and leave. And it's not something you're conscious of doing when you're a kid. But in the new one, which I can't remember what it's called, the one on Switch has been a while since I played it. But in the new Animal Crossing, you're the mayor so you can kind of get to decide where uh, everything's developed. But yeah, Animal Crossing is problematic and you're not really aware of those cute biases you have as a child. I mean, it kind of is as is how society works anyway, <laughs> isn't it? It's a really good it's a really good glimpse into pretty bias. It kind of, yeah, it really prepares you for the future. <laughs> <laughs> the game that I've been most into in my life, 100%, is Sims. I've never played Sims in my life. Didn't you? No. Oh my God, you should give it a go in adulthood. Although maybe don't because you were while away. All of your hours. It's beautiful stuff. Oh, guys, what have we got? Got so much. You went to see a play. I didn't go and see a play. Who saw? Went to see a play. Who wrote that? The coast. I thought you'd been to see a play. Have I been to? Yes, I went to see a play last <laughs> night. Oh my god, I went to see it last night. Oh god, oh, no, that's of course so you went to Brighton. Yes, we went to Brighton. We went to go and see a play called Miss Doncaster, which is a very good one-woman show. Excellent. I highly recommend it. Well, I could highly recommend it, but it was the last ever showing of it, and it was oh, in this damn. lovely. It was, in this lovely it. <laughs> it was in this lovely open-air amphitheater in Brighton. That was really good. Uh, and I realised I hadn't seen the play in absolutely ages. It's not really been a post-COVID thing that I've done. No, nor me. I think I've been to one play post-COVID. Mm. And probably need to... Do you know what? I can be a bit of a philistine about plays. Really? There are some plays I get really into. And other times I find it really hard to switch off in a theatre. Okay. Do you get this? Is it the same for when you go and see a film? No, weirdly, films I find to be more immersive. Mm-hmm. Do you know what it is? I think some theatre acting I find to be quite... Hammy. Hammy. That was the word I was going to use. Yeah. Hammy. It's a bit too like, I'm in a play, and it's not. That makes me switch off immediately. If someone yeah. comes up and they're like, Hermione Granger in the first three Harry Potter movies, yeah. I switch off immediately. Or adults doing baby voices. You know when adults play children in mm. plays? Yeah, that gives yeah, me I can't the, do that. Um, I wonder if I should talk about the age play I saw on the train. I'll tell you about this. I think I did. I think I did when we were going on the Lizzie line the other night. Wait, did you tell me about this? Yeah, me and Sophie were um, on the Lizzie line the other night. Actually, we should say what we're going back from. We, we should indeed. I was working and Sophie very kindly came to as my guest, um, a sold out 80 person uh, supper club with the amazing Rahel Stephanie, aka Spoons. It was and an incredible, incredible supper club. Amazing vegan Indonesian food. Oh, it's absolutely amazing. But we went back on the Lizzie line and I recalled the last time I'd been on the Lizzie line where I it was pretty packed. It was in the middle of the day on a Saturday and I sat down in three seats. So there were two empty seats besides me and like no other on the train. This couple comes in and, you know, I'm a nice person. So I got up and I was like, no, no, you guys sit together. And they're like, oh, thank you. He proceeded to get out a children's book. Mm. Did I tell you about this? No, you're just shocked. He, you didn't, but that is wild. He proceeded to get out a children's book and read it to her like she was like a five-year-old. 
And she kept on going, me, 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 me. And kept on like trying to suck his fingers. Like, no. In public? Next to me. And what I was like, time was this? This was uh, maybe three o'clock in the afternoon. That is horrific. It was before our bedtime, Sophie. That is way before my bedtime. <laughs> way before. But yeah, there were people in, I think they were in their mid-30s or something like that. That, it was a lot and I instantly regret it. I was like I really want to break you two up again <laughs> like please <laughs> please I don't want to be sitting access you have to leave why well, was I so nice but yeah that was uh that was quite quite intense have you eaten in Brighton much I <laughs> I'm gonna sound so boring and predictable I've been to Brighton about five times and every time I've been to Brighton I've eaten in exactly the same place where's that plateau I've still never been to plateau but everyone raves about oh, it's it so good and it's so I went with about five friends the other year and we all had like a pretty slap up. I think we got like three bottles of wine and we all had enough food to fill us up. Paid 30 quid each. What? So good. I love Brighton. I've got a real soft spot for Brighton. Mm. I'm really working on Cam to see if we can maybe move there. Mm. But he says it's too far from the Midlands. So it can't be done. It's still, yeah, it is still pretty far from the Midlands, London. Unless you get a direct train because my That's parents live in the Midlands. Um and getting a direct train to Derby, where they lived for many years, it's like 50 quid. Getting a direct it's train wild. to Tamworth is fine. So as long as you can get them to pick you up from Tamworth. It's like 20, 18 quid. I forget that you're near Tamworth. I know. Home of the delicious pigs. And the snow dome. All the important things. All the important things. <laughs> All the really big things <laughs> in my life. Pigs and snow domes. I think we've got... Sophie's got friends' wedding season on the list of things to talk about, but I can't relate because I'm never invited to weddings. I don't know what it is about me. I, think I not- feel I think that you're not quite yet at friends wedding season. Really? Yeah, because I've okay, so I've had my first couple of friend weddings in the last probably like year, year and a half. Mm-hmm. I've still not had very many. I'd have I was at a friend's wedding last weekend and my sister's wedding a couple of weeks before that. Mm. And then one of my best friend's weddings was last year. But I feel like we're starting to trickle into it. Mm. I also went to Peterborough for the first time for the wedding on the weekend. You were saying. I'm sorry to hear that. Which was wild. Should I say it to our Peterborough listeners? Love you, Peterborough listeners. Which I'm sure there are many. Your cathedral was looking very lovely. To be fair, it was a flash in the pan visit. I got there in the evening and I left in the morning. I had my first ever spoons breakfast Mm. post-wedding. That's so good, wasn't it? It was great. It's so cheap. Mm. The only thing that, you know, when you're really hungover and you're specific about your requirements, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they didn't let me remove egg from my breakfast Oh, when I was ordering it, which was upsetting because then I had to see the egg. Like an egg on top or like and an I egg in the bread. or like. It was like on the beans, which I'm very opposed to. I'm actually quite opposed to eggs when I'm hungover in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do Pepsi instead of Coke. In spoons, mm. and I needed a pint of Coke. A and pint it was of Pepsi, and it wasn't quite the same. No, a pint of Pepsi. Oh, was it on draft? It was on draft. I love fizzy drinks on draft. So, so hydrating, so syrupy and delicious. They're so hydrating. So I see in lemon in there. Mm. Yeah, I love it. McDonald's Coke. Mm. McDonald's Sprite oh. apparently is the thing. I've never had a. I've also never had a McDonald's breakfast. No, you. What? I've never had a McDonald's <gasps> breakfast. How? It feels a bit dirty to eat McDonald's that early, no? McDonald's hash browns might be one of my favourite foods of all time. They're deep fried and they're flaky and they're greasy. And How do they compare so... to other hash browns? Because I've had hash... I had my first hash brown in year eight. They are better than any hash brown I've ever had. McDonald's mm-hmm. hash browns are really, really up there. I'd recommend just going to get breakfast 
fuck a McMuffin. Don't bother with that. Just get a hash brown. That's okay. all you need. Mm. Their coffee is decent as well. We are right now five minute walk away from McDonald's. Of course you are. Mm-hmm. First thing tomorrow. First thing tomorrow, genuinely, might, I might get one on the way to work. I was going to say, you're working at home, I'll Uber Eats you one. No, no, no. <laughs> we're, I'm, just a single hash brown. Speaking of um, Ubering single things, I saw a disgusting video. Um, sound like Pierce Morgan. I saw a disgusting <laughs> video. And I I've, think it's disgusting. I've been thinking there was a likeness for a while. Thank you, thank you. It's, it's, it's the curly hair. Um, so... I saw this video and this guy was doing a TikTok and you know how people are just trying to go viral on TikTok and they just do reactions to things. This guy is a delivery driver, another recurring theme of the podcast, problematic delivery drivers. <laughs> and this guy says, oh, I'm just going from Boots and this person's only ordered one item. Shall I see what it is? And he picks up and it's like a caniston, like a thrush pen. Oh. And he goes, oh my God. Uh, goes up to the door and then he's kind of like filming this girl coming out and he's like oh yeah how's he's like holding the bag he's like oh, yeah phone in one hand bag in the other what and a he's dickhead saying, oh yeah what's in here and she's like oh what sorry she's pretending to not hear him or not understand because she doesn't want to say she doesn't well, realize yeah. that he's filming her poor woman he fucking hell she said oh it's um it's a cream he was like oh yeah for your skin she said oh, yeah 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 she took it and goes inside and just like splitting his sides at her i was like Women feel, she probably, the poor darling, she probably felt so embarrassed to even go to a Boots to get it and that's yeah. why she ordered it in. I know. I hope that he got fired. He did get fired. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there has been a silver lining of that situation. Speaking of TikTok, Rod Stewart. Oh my God, right. I've become obsessed with this. This is a new game that I've been playing with Lucas, our mutual mm-hmm. friend who actually named this podcast. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've credited Fuck, him. we didn't. Shout out to Lucas, who sent us a list. When we said we were thinking of creating a podcast, he sent us a list of maybe like 24 possible names. He gave us options and they were all really great, but this was our favourite. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Lucas. We love thank you. Thank you, Lucas. We love you. We've been talking about it in the office because someone was singing... Um, if you want my body and you think I'm sex, because it's a really big song on TikTok now, which is wild that teenagers are walking around singing Rod Stewart. But anyway, we were talking about Rod Stewart as a kind of man who's not a pop star mm-hmm. is not the most attractive man He's in the universe, well. right? Is he? Mm, well, or he just looks like a creep. In tonight's the night, he calls the woman virgin child. Ew, Rod, come on, dude. That's not nice. Yeah. Crow up. I don't know if I'm talking to him or the woman <laughs> he's singing to. Come on, Rod, don't do that. Well, anyway, he's not the most attractive man in the world. He's not. But yeah, he seems to always manage to marry these really sexy models. Because he's Scottish. And also, it's the Scottish sexy energy. Mm-hmm. And he writes loads of these songs about being sexy. Like, who thinks Rod Stewart's sexy? But anyway, there's this whole category of men who have sex appeal despite being objectively quite gross. Mm, do you think of and any others? We were kind of riffing off who we thought fell into that category. Okay. Lucas was saying Pete Davidson. I was literally just I, about to say I that. I think that he's actually quite a sexy dude. He's tall, for one. I can hear he's our kind producer of in the next room shaking his head. I know he feels very strongly <laughs> about Pete Davidson. I feel strongly positively about Pete Davidson, mm-hmm. but I don't know if that's controversial. I feel I, I I quite like him. I've also weirdly become a Kimmy stan, so oh wow, really? Just just ignore all my opinions on everything ever. Yeah, I'm gonna. 
I mean, like, she's done nothing. Well, I was going to say, she's done nothing wrong. Yeah, she's stolen from lots of black-owned businesses slash black culture yeah, in general. Yeah, a lot, lot of black fishing, a lot yeah. of just encouraging mass consumerism of... There's that. Of, you know... Unrealistic body standards. Private jets everywhere. Private jets everywhere, yeah. Yeah, there's a couple of boo-boos. Um, who else falls into that category? Um, someone pitched in that Greg Wallace falls into that category. <laughs> who thinks <he's> sexy? <laughs> Uh, Joe from work said that Greg Greg Wallace. Greg Wallace. I kind of he's got kind of like confidence and charisma. Mm. Okay, I've got one for you. Hit me, James A. Caster. Yeah. Mm. So I feel like he actually used to have this column. I don't know if he still exists or if they still have this column, which was he was voted number six weirdest crush. Yeah, they had the, the weirdest UK. crush thing. Do they still do that? No, but I remember he was number six. Shall I see who else is in this Yeah, see list? who else is on this list and we can see if we concur. Yeah, it was Heat did a weird crush top 100 or something. And some of the choices were really left field. Secret crush, Heat secret crush. Oh, yes. So it's kind of like people, okay, Frank Skinner, who back in the day used to be a sex symbol. Yeah, fair. I don't think that's that weird. They're going to say Louis Theroux, and that's also not weird, because he's objectively very sexy. You want to hear something weird? Number 24 is Boris Johnson. Well, that is fucking weird. <laughs> Rob Beckett. Also not that weird. But I think I think a lot of things, like, comedians tend to be weird crushes because they spend... They, they don't make a job going into a bar and, like, acting cool and interesting. They make no. a living by making a dick out of themselves, which is why people think, because I know all these embarrassing stories about them, is that that's still what makes them weird. By well, you can, you can laugh a woman into bed quite easily. Mm, yeah. I feel like if you're funny, that's an easy win. 22 is Gary Lineker. Again, not that weird. Not that weird. Sexy. 20 is Ed Sheeran. Yeah, I see that. If he wasn't a multimillionaire, would you look at him twice uh, in a spoons? I think he's a nice man. I mean, I don't fancy him. I don't think he's sexy, but I think he's a nice man. He's actually married to my friend's cousin. Oh, there you go. the Sheeran connection. The, the connect, Sheeran connection. The connect Sheeran, if there you is will. One. Atty, if you're listening, love ya. Number 19 is Bill Bailey. <laughs> yeah, it's quite weird. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel no. like I'm, I feel like I'm just shaming all these men now. But Poor guys. I'm sure they all I love listen. you, Bill Bailey. 18, Shane Ritchie. Who's this? He plays Alfie in EastEnders. Oh, yeah. He seems like um, a sweet... I mean, I don't want to be ageist. He's like, him and Bill Bailey are going some a bit yeah. now. But it feels ageist to even put them in a weird crushes category. Yeah. So number 17 is Keir Starmer, and they've perhaps picked the weirdest. <laughs> he looks like he's getting an invisible lap dance. <laughs> it looks like they've, you know when, on. I don't even know how to describe this, I'm just going to shut up. They look they put some kind of... <laughs> I need to do that more. They look like they've put some kind of bobble head on him. You know, on TV, if they it's do like, some kind of cartoon yeah. where, like, a head's moving mm -hmm. and his body... Like, have I got news for you vibes? Exactly, exactly. Skipping ahead a bit to someone who I genuinely find quite sexy, Ramesh Ranganathan. Very sexy. Yes. Tick. Uh, number 14, Greg Shepard. No idea who that man is. Greg Shepard? Greg Shepard. He's from the TV show I talked about in episode one. Weirdly the enough, his photo is him with... With his wife. With his Billy wife. Um, Greg Shepard. Yeah, I fancy him. He just seems like a fun dude. I don't think I fancy him, maybe. I just think he's a fun dude. Hmm. It's hard to separate the two. <laughs> 13 is Rishi Sunak. No. 
Thanks. Uh, and the pun, oh, I, I misread it as a really good fun. It said, maybe it's cabin fever, which is cool. But I misread it as cabinet fever. I was like, that's <laughs> so good. But you could have taken it one step further. God, missed, missed a trick. Prince Harry, yeah, that's an obvious one. Andy Burnham, I haven't heard from him in a while. Love you, Andy. Also not a weird crush. What mascara sexy do you man. use? He has the most luscious eyelashes. What is that? Yeah, I don't know. But I just remember when he was going for Labour leadership. Everyone's like, oh, babe, oh, hun, <laughs> what mascara do you use? He should go again. He should go again. If I you're really like Andy, him. I doubt you are. He's now mayor of Manchester. He's mayor of Manchester, yeah. king of the north. Number nine is Louis Theroux, called up. Number what? eight, okay, here we go. I think this, like a man that I'm, I'm assuming gets loads of burns. And is a weird-looking guy, Louis Capaldi. Again, don't fancy him. Funny dude, but don't fancy him. So Ant and Deck were both in this list. Deck scores higher than Ant, which is really sad. I think they should come as a duo. They, they should. I feel like don't separate them. It's not what they want. <laughs> they come. They come <laughs> as a full package. Number six is Piers Morgan. Oh fuck off! He won it for the last two years. That's really gross. Yeah. Number five. It's my boy, it's James Acaster. Hey! Yay! Love you, James Acaster. They say a funny man can laugh you into bed, and James is very funny. True. As evidenced by his meringue piping on last year's Celebrity <laughs> Bake Off. Speaking of Bake Off, number four is Noel Fielding, who has always had like a very sexy, I don't give a fuck energy. Yeah, Noel Fielding deserves. I mean, it's wildly offensive. It's called like secret crushes, I feel. Mm. Just be out there with it. Noel Fielding's a sexy man. He is. Uh, Jordan North, number three. I have no idea who that is. Me neither. Matt Dyson. No idea who that is. Number one is Perry Keeley. Oh, is he the one with curly hair from Diversity? Oh, oh, no. Oh, yes, that is him. Is that oh, him? Oh, gosh, yeah. The photo wasn't loading, but the yeah, that's him. The little one from Diversity. In my head, he's 11. I can't fancy him. No, I think he's an adult. Well, and yeah, I know he's an adult now, but in I my mean, head, he's like... on the list. <laughs> <laughs> I I was actually talking about this the other day. At what point? Because yeah, Perry Kelly is probably about I don't know twenty one, like only a few years younger than me. So he's yeah, made the he list. He's, he, by heat standards, he's fair game as someone to fancy. I was saying how I don't fancy any men younger than me. At what point, as a woman, do you start to find younger men attractive? That's really interesting. I don't think I'm there yet because I think they're all children. Mm. I think it must be when you're maybe in your later 30s. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm in my late 20s. I'm not feeling any glimmers. No. My boyfriend was actually a year above me at school. Oh. So. <laughs> Didn't realise you were, oh God, I feel so cool. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Just sitting by you, I feel so cool. <laughs> For some reason, it feels very important to state that whenever there's mm. a discussion of age because everyone knows that school years go way beyond school. Mm. How many years above your boyfriend? <laughs> uh, about six. <laughs> I so that's said, way like, more impressive. When I was in year seven, you would have been in year 13. <laughs> <laughs> Disgusting. 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 So as anyone that's close to me knows, I'm the coolest person I know. <laughs> because I discovered Doja Cat eight years ago now. On You've SoundCloud. told me about this before. Yeah, no, I'm you. a big Doja stan, but recently... That's what I'm going to talk the about. The tide is turning. I saw her for, for uh, £15 at XOYO four years ago. Whoa. Her second ever UK visit. So I'm cooler than all of you. 
But I also think I should be an A&R because I've done that to a few artists. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> she just keeps on doing things that make me feel like I can't stand her anymore. Is this about the Noah Schnapp picking on the It is about the Noah Schnapp thing. For those who don't know, what we're just talking about is the fact that uh, Doja Cat DM'd Noah Schnapp, who's one of the boys in Stranger Things. And when I say boy, I literally mean boy. I think he's 17, saying that she fancied his co-star, Joe Quinn, who, side note, I knew as a teenager. Really? And he's now a big bloody deal. Oh. That was listening to this book. She should have been messaging well you. Well Joe. She should um, have been messaging you, man. <laughs> and he posted it on his stories because he thought it was funny that Doja Cat was trying to get with him. And she fucking flipped mm. and did all these really aggy messages calling him a snake. And a weasel. I've and never heard weasel. anyone call anyone a weasel before. And normally she's quite funny on social media and everything's done a bit tongue-in-cheek. But this was not tongue in cheek. Occasionally, she was you get going like, yeah. in. You get glimmers of like a person that is actually probably like not okay. Like I have never heard anyone call anyone a weasel since I read Wind in the Willows when I was like <laughs> twelve. It's quite an old school insult. It is very old school. I just don't know how you can be that offended by a seventeen-year-old boy's comment on something. Also, like, surely it's funny, own it. You fancy yeah. someone. You're more likely to get a date now than it's out there. And the person who she said that she fancied, let it be known, is, that, is an adult. It's like he a is an adult. adult, yeah. He's, yeah. he's like 28, 29. So she clearly actually properly fancied him, or she was on something. Yeah. I mean, the internet has been going crazy for Joe Quinn. Mm. All I see on TikTok is these Joe Quinn first trap TikToks. It's not for me, but I can see why it might be some other people's thing. Yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. He's very well-dressed as well. Mm. Some beautiful clothes are on him these mm. days now that he's a Hollywood megastar. Um, but that's a real glimmer of showing who you actually are in that context when you fucking flip when a 17-year-old boy yeah. does something a bit playful on the internet. Is there anything else she's done that's a bit questionable recently? Yeah, I've been keeping... Uh, the reason I've got my laptop up is because I've been keeping a list. No, um, she <laughs> has always been a little bit problematic. Like, some of her past lyrics are a bit weird. She had... There was something about chat rooms being in far-right yes. chat rooms, wasn't there? So there was kind of like this... Not pick-me energy, because that's like... But as someone that's kind of like dabbled in political forums, like it's like a very oppressive, like all-consuming environment. Mm -hmm. And she said she was going on these chat rooms even when she was like like coming up to like mega stardom she was still in these chat rooms every day she's very into chat room culture kind of like she? yeah kind of like yeah very chat room reddit kind yeah. of like verging on alt-right culture but also she would just kind of like play this character that these like white teenage boys would want her to be like they'd all be like really young and she'd like over sexualize herself it was just weird it's kind man. of scary it's kind of scary it's kind of scary and she's kind of had oh, i'm sure there's been other stuff before she's a bit of a weirdo and i think because she was like perhaps one of the very young celebrities that have properly grown up on internet culture um where yeah i suppose Pop stars in their mid-30s, they don't have a log of everything they've ever said on the internet. Yeah. And they at least had like 18 years where they grew up without the internet being like this. You get to live slightly more anonymously. Yeah. Your past life is a bit more sheltered. Because my mum talks about, she once spoke about the internet in a really interesting way. I think I was on my Blackberry um, <laughs> typing to a friend. She said, if I, oh, no, I wasn't typing to a friend. I was kind of defending myself when someone was being mean to me on Facebook. 
She said, back in the day, if I had like fallen out with someone at school, I would just come home and that would be the end of it until next day. No, you are always connected. And I How that was nice really... must that be to get a little rest? Yeah, yeah. But it's so interesting because now whenever I'm feeling overwhelmed or someone's been a cunt online, I just put my phone down and I'm like, well, that was easy. Yeah. Oh, it's over <laughs> that, now. That was easy. It's over now. But I think that, yeah, we're kind of coming into this new generation of public figures where they've grown up on the internet and they've been influenced by these more extremist I'm actually really glad that um, this point was raised to me previously because uh, when I was getting my cat six months ago we were going to call her Doja (gasps) Doja Cat and Cam, my boyfriend, was like it's dangerous to name your cat after someone who is cancelable (gasps) Because if, so because if they get cancelled, then you've just got a cat called Doja forever. Also, Doja like, oh, means that's... weed. Oh, does it? Yeah, Doja means weed. <gasps> God, I'm such a granny, I didn't even know that. <laughs> You're going to call your cat Spliff. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> Loves me some weed. Mm. Oh Evidently God. not, if I didn't know that, that was the word. Marijuana the cat. That's um, cute. We said we went with Slinky, Goobertown, Pinga. Aww. Where did Goob come from? Slinky, Slinky Magoo, Gooba, Goobertown. There are very, there, I go by many the, names. The evolution. Pinga is the one at the moment. Pinga? Pinga. You know Pingu's sister? Oh, Pinga. Pinga. Because she looks like Pinga and she makes little Pinga noises. Oh, mm, my little Pinga. That's so cute. Not Pingas. I pinga. think. Pinga. <laughs> I think it's time for some letters. I think it might be time for some letters. So we've got four questions this time. We've got three short ones and one long one. Excellent. So, and also I feel like people always angle the wine questions at me, but you are just as much of a, well, I mean, I don't know if you guys, this is the last episode. But Sophie <laughs> actually has a WSET under her belt. So I feel like we're both like pretty well versed to give some you advice. You more than me, I reckon still. I'll let you lead. Yeah. So number one, how do I know what is a good wine just by looking at the menu? Ooh, that's yeah. actually... It's tricky. I think you have to know which words you like in wine. And then familiarise yourself. So say you like light reds, right? You are, yeah, like light, like low tannic reds. You're going to be looking at the upper end of the list, so the cheaper stuff, because usually the more tannic stuff and is more, the more expensive stuff. And you're going to be looking, kind of like familiarise yourself with the grape varieties that are light reds, so like Gamay, like we're drinking now, Pinot Noir, um, Carignan, Grenache. Uh, yeah, I suppose that would be my advice. Just familiarise yourself with the wines that you're likely to come across because, I mean, wine list, unless you're going to like some amazing restaurant that's been curated by like a big bowl sommelier, you're going to see like a lot of familiar words. Exactly. Just look for those words that you know are words that you like. I do that. Yeah. I never know every wine on the list. What do you look for on a wine list when you're looking to order a bowl? It really depends where I am and what I'm eating. Mm-hmm. I really love Gruner's and Alsace wines in general. I know you like Gruner. So, you have a cap with Gruner on it. I have it. a cap that says Gruner on it. Shout out, Novel Mart. Mart. We love you. Please send us more stuff. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I will look for Gruner's if I'm getting a white wine. There's lots of really lovely low intervention Gruner's as mm. well. So they exist on more traditional menus and also across into your more natural wine side of things. Mm. Um, but yeah, I also look for 
my nice light reds as well. Yeah. Like so yeah, I would say start with the wine style that you know that you like, learn the words and then branch out. Yeah, I hope that helps. Um, here is another boozy one. Someone says, what are your views on wine before beer or beer before wine? Keep me anonymous, please. <laughs> someone doesn't want to know. Someone doesn't want anyone to find out the fact they drink booze. I know Ooh. your name, but I'll keep it secret. So wine before beer makes you feel queer, with beer before wine makes you feel fine. It's yeah. the old phrase. Not in a slurry way, but in a queer being funny. Queer funny. Yeah, what is the Oxford English Dictionary definition of queer? I'm hoping that they've amended it to be reflective <laughs> of how we use it now, rather um, than being a bit peculiar. Yeah. Um, strange, odd. Fucking hell. <laughs> and then number two is... I like how they've kind of got like this thing in all caps, often offensive, homosexual. I mean, it's not always offensive because it's been reclaimed now. Mm, queer, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so maybe it is now a positive thing. I reckon it is. But, but anyway, in beer, this context, what do you think? I, so the night that we did the rap for um, the last podcast that I did, uh. I had wine before beer. And I, I'm trying to think of like a different rhyme. I'm usually quite good at rhymes, but I can't <laughs> think of any. What rhymes with? It depends how what accent you're doing. You could say wine before beer, fall off your chair. Cheer. <laughs> beer and chair. <laughs> beer, beer and chair. And I was probably the most drunk that I've been in like quite a long time. No, I don't think I've reached quite those levels yet <laughs> um, since last December. But... Yeah, I was so wasted. I, I, I went home way before you. Yeah, Sophie was also on that night, dear <laughs> listeners. But she made the very grown up and very good decision to leave at around like half ten. We'd sunk a few bottles by then. While me and lovely Emma Dragovich, uh, our mutual friend, uh, and I ran off into the night and <laughs> drank a lot of beer and got very queer. Delicious, delicious. Um, but it was yeah, that, that was a that was that was a very heavy night. So I would generally go beer and then wine. That's what I do anyway, because I love a beer. I generally think mixing booze in a night, depending on how much you mix, you're going to end up in sticky territory. Mm. I feel like I'm kind of over restricting myself to one or the other, though. Mm -hmm. Maybe I've just got reckless in my old age. <laughs> I just drink whatever I fancy and I'll deal with the consequences a bit later. Exactly. Drinking too much in excess of anything fucks you up, so... Very responsible advice, Anonymous. Um, <laughs> that helps. We've got, we're moving from booze to relationships now. Seamlessly. Seamlessly. So often are the two connected. <laughs> Another Anonymous gets in touch. Do you have any tips on getting over an ex that you know is bad news, but you can't shift him? He wants to be single one last time before settling down. Oh, God. So, like, my knee-jerk reaction to that is, if that is what he has told you, that, like... Believe him. No, no, I'm saying the complete believe opposite. Believe him. I, well, no, Run. as in, like, I, I, I don't believe him because, not as in, like, he definitely wants to get back with you. I'm, that's the opposite of what I'm saying. He wants to be single one last time before settling down. You're not going to be around, unless you're friends with him. I don't know whether you're friends with him. But unless you're friends with him to kind of, like qualify that fact he might say that's the next lady and the next lady and the next lady like looking for relationship benefits so they're actually wanting to commit to a relationship 
Yeah, for sure. Men are generally quite emotionally immature, especially mm-hmm. in their 20s, I would say. We had cis heterosexual men. Um, absolutely, absolutely. But if they're saying shit like that, then they're not good enough for you, basically. Yeah. If they're, they don't, they're wanting yeah. to have their cake and eat it too, and that isn't how it works. Yeah, and I think that some of the harshest advice I've ever got is like, if they wanted to, they would. And I yeah. know that really sucks to hear. Yeah. And that, that can be really painful, but like, if they wanted to, like, uh, I think the least powerful thing you can do, I was about to say as a woman, but like, uh, this is genderless, the least powerful thing you can do is kind of like try and convince someone to be with you because that's yeah. where you lose like confidence in yourself and that's where you feel like you're not worth being with. But I'm sure you are anonymous. The thing that you always have to tell yourself is that you deserve to be with someone who thinks that you are the best person in the world and wants to be with you and doesn't have to be asked. Mm. You should be with someone who makes you feel very special mm. every day and you don't have to doubt yourself and feel like shit about it. Yeah. And you deserve to pursue that in somebody else and cast off your feelings for this dude and find someone who's going to treat you right. There is a really nice Frida Kahlo poem, Anonymous, um, about how everyone should feel if they feel like they have to convince someone or they have to ask someone to do something. And I, when I first read it, I really liked it. So it's called If I Have to Say It, and it's a poem. And she says it to her husband. And like, yeah, it's always good to keep them on their toes. Like, yeah, this is, I think also this isn't something you should kind of hold true to yourself if you're trying to get someone to be in a relationship with you. This is something that you should keep in the back of your head with someone who is in a relationship with you. Because I'm not saying give 100% honeymoon period effort the entire time, but also, yeah, this. So the poem is, I'm not asking you to kiss me, nor apologize to me when I think you're wrong. I won't even ask you to hug me when I need it the most. I don't ask you to tell me how beautiful I am, even if it's a lie, nor write me anything beautiful. I won't even ask you to call me or to tell me how your day went, nor tell me you miss me. I won't ask you to thank me for everything I do for you, nor to care about me when my soul is down. And of course, I won't ask you to support me in my decisions. I won't even ask you to listen to me when I have a thousand stories to tell you. I won't ask you to do anything, not even be by my side forever. Because if I have to ask you, I don't want it anymore. Hear, hear. Yeah. She's a clever lady. Ask Frida. Um, On Heartbreak Poetry, the other one that I found really helpful in my last big breakup was Mm -hmm. um, Rupi Cow's book, Milk and Honey. Yes. Which is filled with so much beautiful poetry on heartbreak and rebuilding And I used to keep it on my bedside table and read it all the time. Yeah. Anonymous, rebuild yourself, whether that is listening to poetry, hanging out with your friends, seeing your family, doing things that you enjoy. Cheeky shags with random men. Cheeky shags with random men. Just make sure you don't do the same thing. (laughs) Just make sure you don't get attached to them instead. Um, Whatever, but look, whatever helps you unwind, babe, you should do that. Um, 100%. Yeah. Sending you lots of love. Sending you lots of love. Um, and a final anonymous. Hello. Loved last week's pod and looking forward to the next. Thank Here we you. are. I imagine you'll have an influx of questions, but in case you see this or have any advice, I'd really appreciate it. I'm potentially leaving a very rewarding career in teaching and children's psychotherapy for a very exciting opportunity and career at All Things Wine. 
with experience and things like sales, branding, marketing, customer service, accounts, et cetera, et cetera, as well as the WSET diploma. I'm a massive foodie and I have a huge passion for wine, but this massive change scares me bonkers. I'm not entirely sure where this career change should go as the options are so open and I'd be finding my niche, aren't we all? I'm also scared of missing all the holidays I get with teaching. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> There's the I rub. Hear that. And would like to have children in the next five years. So I'm unsure whether tasting lots of wine is sensible. It's annoying to have to factor this in, but it's true. But I'm worried I'd regret it if I didn't at least try. I very much believe that life is too short and I'm lucky to be able to explore a different career. Obviously, there's a very glamorous side to working in wine and I may have romanticized it in my head. I know it will involve a hell of a lot of graft, particularly since I'm older and not super fresh in the game and still have a lot to learn. How did you get to where you are now? Which I feel like is directed at me, but I feel could have another, I feel like you could have good input on this as well, Soph. Have you come across women in wine who are trying to conceive? Yes. <laughs> Would I be a fool for letting this opportunity pass me by? Thank you, and I hope to hear from you. Well, there's so much in Anonymous. that to unpack. First of all, I wish I had a six-week holiday <laughs> every <laughs> summer. <laughs> But also, I think working in wine and in food in, in any of that sector in general, there are so many avenues that open up to you, lots of it being freelance opportunities in the future, which basically means that you can go on holiday whenever you want. Don't yeah. worry about that too much. Yeah, I suppose it'd be good to know if the career that has opened up to you, whether it's kind of like a flexible retail career or whether it's like an office job. I also think that you need holidays less if you're doing a job that is really fulfilling and you love very mm. much. Maybe the holidays mean so much to you now because you feel like your heart's not in the teaching anymore. And if you start in the wonderful world of wine, maybe you'll find that every day's a holiday. It is a holiday. You never <laughs> work a day in your life if you're doing something you love. Exactly. Um, on the subject of women conceiving and having children, um, the name that springs the forefront of my mind, as I'm sure it does for any wine people listening who are in the London scene, it's Honey Spencer. Indeed. A uh, wonderful woman who was on my previous podcast and good friend. So she was pregnant. Uh, she has been a wine person, an amazing sommelier, now a, a consultant and wine director for the Palomar Group. Uh, she was in wine for many, many years. She got pregnant and had a baby with her lovely partner. And even when she was getting bigger and bigger and bigger, she was still tasting wine. She just spat it out. Spittoons are very useful Spittoons things. Spittoons are very good. Um, she was so good at being pregnant and being in wine that Elle took a photo of her as a pregnant sommelier and put her in like a six-page spread really? of all of the amazing women doing things in wine uh, in hospitality in London right now. That's amazing. So it can be done. It can be done. Um, Leonard, her lovely little... He's not a baby anymore. He's now a big toddler. He's kind of like at the end of the toddling years. That's one of my baby names. Lenny, it's Lenny, one of my baby names. Leonard. So Len. he comes, he comes to tastings. He generally looks after himself. He plays with rocks if we're like <laughs> tasting on a gravel pit. Um, but yeah, it can be done. It can be done. And I think that, ironically, even though like I'm not a fan of Kim Kardashian, I think that Kylie Jenner having a baby and being able to work at the same time. Obviously, she can work. She probably barely even sees her fucking baby. She probably has a million nannies. Exactly. But I think that that kind of like instilled this idea of like, well, I don't have to like give up my career to continue doing that. Again, anonymous, it's whether you're working an office job or whether you're doing freelance. I think it's definitely doable if you have a kid. I want a kid in the next 
few years or so and I don't want to stop doing my career like I will take maternity leave so that my vagina can heal and I can like get over the screamy bit but once that's done I'm I'm a bit of a workaholic it has to be said but I will go straight back to work and I think that more women than ever are saying actually mate like or you might not be with a man but like a lot of women are like actually mate do you mind like you looking after the baby for a bit yeah well I get on with my career you know I, I almost think that we're getting to a point in society now where the women having it all thing is almost on its way back down because we've all got much more realistic expectations mm. about what we want and need as women who want to work, but also what our partners who may not be women might want to contribute as well. Yeah, exactly. So you kind of you get to rebuild what it means to have it all, whether that's getting more support from your partner or whether that's changing up your career slightly it doesn't mean leaving the industry entirely Mm. but it might mean just adjusting your expectation of what that looks like but I think that's the same in any industry isn't it I think the woman having it all archetype is a woman that's expected to give 100% to everything which is really damaging these days uh work and life are very happy it's become a lot more normalized for you to give 60% to everything (laughs) you can be like an okay mom and you can be okay at your job yeah post-covid it's a bit more like yeah yeah they showed up. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Everyone's <laughs> feeling very Larry David about everything. <laughs> but also, I think if you're looking to have a kid in the next few years, now would be the time to start. Because if you are having anxiety, Anonymous, about feeling like you're like a little bit late in the game and you need a bit, time, a bit of time to get started, wouldn't you rather start that now rather than two months before you decide to have a kid? Absolutely. Take the plunge now. I'm sure you're doing the right thing. Yeah, don't sue us if it doesn't work out. Uh, <laughs> we are very unqualified <laughs> agony aunts. <laughs> we should just say allegedly at the end of everything. <laughs> Maybe we should put a disclaimer on our Instagram. All advice is optional. Please talk to a registered professional before doing anything particularly life-changing. Um, I think that's all we've got time for. I think it might be, but thank you so much for listening to us babbling on for another episode. Yes, and we really actually enjoy the letters section. We love giving our unsolicited, unhelpful advice. Absolutely. Um, please send it away on I'll have what she's having pod uh, at gmail.com. And yeah. while you're at it, if you're still like, if your thumbs are still twiddling away on the phone, <laughs> why not go to your favorite podcast platform and give us five stars? If you've gone this far, you can't not give us five stars. If you want to take it a step further, a cheeky review never oh, goes amiss. Yeah, uh, we, we're still kind of like the offer to give you a big cuddle when we next see you. If you've left a review, still stands. So. Absolutely. Just announce that you were said reviewer. Again, we've got no way of checking it. You could be just like some <laughs> random dude. But thank you so much for listening to the second ever episode of I'll Have What She's Having. And we'll be back next week. We'll be back next week. Bye. Bye.